0: Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak.
1: Hey there, welcome to episode three. In season two of CRE Success, the podcast today, my special guest is Linda Day Harrison. She's from The Broker List and she is the concierge to the commercial real estate industry and vendors that serve the industry in North America. Great interview with her coming up very, very soon. And make sure you also stick around at the end of the interview. I'm going to be connecting you with a very, very special resource. It's the A to Z of prospecting in commercial real estate. I'm going to show you how you can get your hands on that. And if there's anything that you should be taking away from that resource, it would be this philosophy, to be consistent, to be persistent, and also proactive with your prospecting. Inside of CRE Success Membership, we talk about the strategies, the tactics, the methods, the approaches that can help you with your prospecting. We show you how to make cold leads a thing of the past. We cover the sources of prospecting, ways to connect, and also how to get into your own rhythm. So you've got a system to locate and approach new leads, build a steady pipeline that converts. But if you're not already a member of CRE success membership, well, this is a great resource that can get you started. The A to Z of prospecting. I'll tell you all about that. After I speak to Linda, And that interview starts in just 30 seconds. 90% of the world's data was generated in the last two years. Credia is a business intelligence and analytics tool for commercial real estate professionals. Using real-time insights, track key portfolio metrics and benchmark against the market so you can make faster and well-informed decisions. With live dashboards and bespoke reporting, impress both your executive team and your property clients. It's time to turn data into your most valuable asset. from Released.
0: And now it's
2: time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast.
1: Linda, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I'm honored to be here.
1: Well, we're honored know to have we you. And met,
2: we met from Clubhouse, so I think that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So Linda, the first thing that we do in each episode is we ask our guests to step into the virtual elevator and to give us their elevator pitch to find out who they are. So Linda, tell me, who are you?
2: Well, who I am or versus the broker list. I guess if it were about me, I'm just somebody who's been in commercial real estate their entire career. And I love the business. I set up the broker list to be a network an online network for commercial real estate brokers. And we're a free platform. So that's who we are.
1: Okay, well, I really enjoyed our chat earlier this week when we were teeing up this podcast. And I knew that you had a lot to offer our listeners. But before we get into the broker list, Let's go back a little bit further. You cut your teeth as a landlord side broker in Chicago. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, tell me all about that.
2: Well, in downtown Chicago, a lot of the properties are mixed use. They're high rises, but a lot of the properties are divided where there might be retail on the ground floor. There might be residential on the ground floor coupled with office. And I have worked in that environment most of my career where the building was a split use. So that's where I started out. I absolutely fell in love with the industry when I got in. I started at the ground floor working on site at a large property. And I was at the front desk and I literally started out as a receptionist. And I just worked my way up to the point where at the end of my career, I was the president of a small commercial real estate company in the Chicago market. So I did it for 30 years and I loved every minute of it. My favorite part was the leasing. I love the leasing side of it. And I was fortunate that in the buildings that I ran, I was also able to be the leasing agent. So I did both. I oversaw leasing and management of my properties. And I thought it was fabulous.
1: Wonderful. And what was it like for a woman in commercial real estate in the, and I don't mean to be revealing your age, but the 80s and the 90s?
2: Yeah, I was in it the 80s, the 90s and the 2000s. I guess I was very naive to even thinking about discrimination or being treated unfairly or any of those things. I never really thought about it. I never had any bad experiences. I was very, very lucky. I was not a very male-dominated environment. Most of the people I worked for or worked under me were men but I didn't focus on it. And I just did the best I could. And I always wanted to work harder than everybody. And I think I did. I always tried to do the best I could do. And I always strive to do the best job for the clients and the clients were all men. The clients were definitely all men for sure back then. So I really don't have anything negative to say about it. It was a very positive experience, but I was a personality that Even if someone did say something to me, and I know they did over the years, it didn't bother me. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, boy, you said this or you said that. I just never let it get to me and I just worked hard and I just did my job. So I didn't really have any problems or negative experiences.
1: Right. So it sounds like you took things in your stride and you focused on the bigger prize.
2: Right. Yeah, I think so.
1: So what advice do you have for women who are in the industry today? And I guess there is more of a focus nowadays on gender equality, and on making sure that men and women are treated equally in the workplace. Um, What do you say to women who might come to you as somewhat of a trailblazer and ask you for advice on how it is that they can advance their careers as women in commercial real estate?
2: Well, I think that women have a huge advantage over men, in my opinion. I think they can excel in the field. I believe they can do exceptionally well. And this goes back to the sexes are different. Male, female, we are different. And I think women have a nurturing side to them that oftentimes men don't. So I think women can just excel in the field. Anybody I meet, any young people I meet, I stress to them, please consider the commercial real estate industry. The sky is the limit. The facets and the segments are unlimited. Whatever interest you have, it covers it because we are so diverse in our property types, our geographics, the client types, everything about it. It's just the sky is the limit. So I believe that any woman could succeed and I don't think it matters at all. Even today, I just think you just do the best job and you will soar.
1: I want to talk to you now about the broker list. So how did you come up with the idea for this product?
2: Okay. Well, my experience being on the landlord side of the business my sole focus was to be in front of brokers, period. I had to make sure that the brokers knew what I had available, when it was gonna be available, every tiny little component about my property. I had to be on top of that and I had to know where the brokers were, who they were, what brokers to reach, what brokers not to reach because you have to realize in a big city like Chicago, there are brokers that they specialize. They could literally specialize in one street or they could specialize in retail or industrial office, and you didn't want to aggravate them and send them something that wasn't applicable to what they do. You wanted to cater to them and what their needs were and what kind of deals they needed to see. So when we had retail availabilities, we would focus on the retail. And when we had office, we'd focus on the office, et cetera. So we had to maintain that information all manually. When I first started out, everything was truly manual, where it was literally... Typed out or kept on ledgers or whatever. And then it evolved to having literally big printouts of mailing labels. So we could peel the labels off of big pieces of paper and stick them on envelopes because we would do mailings, we'd do postcards, we'd do brochures, we'd do flyers. Everything back then was manual. And then we got the fax machine. And the fax machine was this huge innovation for us because we could literally do a broadcast fax. So we would have to call all the brokers and say, have a fax number at your office. And then we create an update for them. And we'd say, okay, this is the update for the week. This is what we have available. And we'd fax it to the offices. Then email came out. And when email came out, it was every office had one email address. So we had to call all the offices and say, okay, what is going to be your email address? Nobody had email back then. It was just one designated email for a big company, which is so funny to me. So then all of a sudden, slowly, it started trickling in where we would find out, oh, this broker has an email address. So we could add that to the list. So then we were able to start emailing the brokers and it just started ramping up and ramping up to the point where now we really could market to them with email And it became really highly effective and efficient and affordable. And we saved tons of costs because we didn't have to manage all those other pieces. And we were then able to email everybody and stay on top of it. So now here comes LinkedIn. Here come all these online platforms. And one of my architects reached out to me and said, Linda, you've got to join LinkedIn. I'm like, what is that? He said, you've got to try it. He said, it's just the neatest thing. And this was before there were probably even a million people on LinkedIn. I said, okay, I'm going to check it out. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I started to get people reaching out to me from all over the country, looking for other brokers or people in my industry, because there weren't very many on LinkedIn. And it kind of hit me and I thought, wow, we need an online database for our industry. We need to take the concept of a broker list that everybody's manually managing in their offices redundantly everywhere. Everybody's doing the same thing over and over again. And that's got to come online. So eventually I started the idea and I went on the internet and reserved the name, which back in the day, I mean, you could get a domain name for anything. So I reserved the name and then It just, the rest is kind of history. And then I found somebody. I actually went on LinkedIn and said, Is there anybody out there, any programmers that would help me? And that was it. That's what I did.
1: Awesome. So, if I was going to explain it to a person in the street, the broker list is kind of like an online database where real estate brokers can find other real estate brokers to introduce deals and also to have deals introduced to them. Would that be a fair description?
2: Yes. And most importantly, be found on Mm. the internet easily. Because I started it 10 years ago, and back then it was a million times worse than it is now. Brokers didn't have websites. Brokers didn't have anything. You couldn't find them. So with the broker list, you could type someone's name in and they would pop up and they were just ecstatic about that. I mean, of course, today is so different because there's so many ways they can go online. But we've been evolving with that. But I think being found is the big thing because Google likes us because we're a big mass of commercial real estate people and they like that kind of thing in as far as search engines go
1: and i know that you also have a big blog and lots of other content on the broker list and i'll get into that shortly but one thing that i was thinking of and i joined the broker list this week so i've got a bit of an idea of the platform now and if you're listening and you're in north america you should definitely join the broker list Is there any resistance from brokers in bigger firms who may have some bias towards keeping things in their own networks or in their own shops? Or is the fact that you can offer access to thousands of brokers superseding any in house loyalty that they may have?
2: No, it's actually the opposite. In fact, I recently had a broker from JLL call out of Los Angeles and say, Linda, I can't even remember now that the town he said. He goes, I need a broker in, and he named the town. And he said, it's outside of, I'm literally drawing a blank on the city, but I think it was Indiana. And he said, we don't have a broker there. We don't have presence there. Mm -hmm. And I need to find somebody. And I was so proud of that. I said, that's what the broker list is about. Even if you're with JLL, they don't have offices everywhere. They don't have every tiny inch of the United States covered. They might have people in certain areas, but they don't have every single inch of the country covered. So I thought that was a good example.
1: So technology has come a long way in the past decade and LinkedIn, you've mentioned before, it's another channel where brokers can connect. If a broker comes to you and says, oh, I'm already on LinkedIn, I don't need to be on the broker list. What do you tell them as being the real benefit for members to be on your platform?
2: I tell them that, yes, you can be on LinkedIn. I highly recommend it. I love LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is everybody. It's everybody and anybody. And on our site, it's a highly... Managed and maintained list of commercial real estate brokers. It's just us. When you step into our site, you are directly stepping into a network of 8,300 right now, about 8,300 other people who do exactly what you do instantly. If you go to LinkedIn, I don't care what anybody says, it's a lot of work and time to build that kind of network. I mean, I don't know anybody that could just step into LinkedIn and say, "Oh, I have it and it's all done. But with our site, you literally step in and they're there. They're right there. And we do screen everyone. We make sure every single person that joins is who they say they are. We check them out. We don't just let anyone join and we do a verification process. So that's worth a lot. Where LinkedIn, I could join LinkedIn 10 times. They don't care. I could be a million different names, we don't allow that. You get one profile.
1: Really, really good point. I love that verification process. So you know that everyone on there is not only relevant to the industry, but also has been verified by the broker list. Social media. Oh, what are...
2: Can I mention something? Sure. It just literally happened to be, I had one of our longtime members. She's been with us since 2017. She joined again. She joined us, and this happens quite a bit. They join again. And right away, we email and say, you already have a profile. And they go, oh, I didn't know. I just wanted to make some changes and update things and change things. I just thought I'd add another one. We say, no, you can't. It's one. So right away, we then accommodate them like a concierge, and we help them. So we say, okay, what are your changes? Give them to us. Don't even worry about it. We'll handle it. And people love that. So you can't do that with LinkedIn. And for busy people in our industry, they love that.
1: Awesome. So we've discussed before this interview that you don't charge members to be in your directory, even though members can find brokers who can execute them transactions for them in other places, and they can be found, as you mentioned, very important by other brokers who can deliver them leads and then later convert them. Now, I understand that you have advertisers, so it's not a complete charity that you're running. But what is your philosophy when it comes to monetization of your platform? And why haven't you charged brokers who get so much value from what it is that you're offering?
2: Well, first of all, I'm old school. And I remember the old days when LoopNet started. It was completely free. Everybody loved it. Everybody used it. It was wonderful. You could find all the properties. Everything was there. Everybody was on it. And it's gone. It's become so horrible now it's so messed up because there's so many different platforms and it's so confusing and I just really wanted to create something that the brokers could use at no cost and my goal was I know for a fact that there's businesses out there that are struggling to get in front of a network like ours to present them with products and services so to me it's just such a natural fit And it makes all the sense in the world for both sides. The brokers get to post listings and close deals and blog with us and do all this stuff for free. And on the other side, the advertisers are going to spend a fortune trying to get in front of them when all they have to do is join us and maybe do some banners or do some blogging with us or anything that's really basic that gets them in front of the brokers. And I just think it's a need. I think it serves a need. It's a pain. And we're trying to solve that pain.
1: So, if someone does a $100,000 commission off your website and they want to thank you, are you a wine drinker? Do you like chocolate? What can people send to you?
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I get so many generous things sent to me, but it's not even required or asked for or anything. But
1: (laughs) I know, I know. People are
2: so sweet. We don't want anything. We just want people to tell other people so our site can grow and our network can grow. And we want people to tell other advertisers, hey, this is a good place for you to get found, get exposure. And I read an article today about that. They did a study and they said, when you're on the internet and your image is there or your presence is there or whatever, it's helping you as a business. So if you're not sharing your images or your logos or whatever, you're at a disadvantage because people, it does dick in people's mind. And I'm amazed at how many businesses are just not, promoting themselves online. I mean,
1: sure. And I think presence is something that people can definitely learn from you and from the broker list. And I think back to 10 years ago when the broker list started in 2011 and content has come such a long way since then. Social media wasn't really Facebook existed, but it wasn't like it is now. And it seems everyone really has to create content to be noticed. And you've got a really significant blog on your website with a ton of content. And I know that Google loves blogs and loves content. So that probably helps with the algorithm and SEO and so forth. But tell me about the blog. How long has it been running? How do you get people to contribute? And how is that differentiating you as a personal brand, but also as the broker list?
2: Well, I wish I could think back and credit somebody because I always want to credit anybody who gives me good advice and advice that I've taken over the years. But When I started the broker list, believe it or not, the test site was a WordPress blog. I said, okay, I am just going to put my toe in the water and see if anybody responds to this. So I started a WordPress blog and all I said was, if you're on the list, you can use the list if you join us. And I literally used a Google doc to let people just sign up. And we got 500 signups so fast. That's just for me with LinkedIn. Believe me, Facebook, nothing else was even relevant. I don't even think it existed. I don't even remember, but maybe it did a little bit, but not for our industry. Hmm. Nobody was using it. So my promotion of that was almost just like LinkedIn. And I don't even remember what else I might, I know I had Twitter, but I mean, there were very, very few people using it and it, people responded to it. And once I knew that, I then said, I need a developer to build me my site. So I kept the WordPress blog going. Thank God I did that because the blog, you really put us on the map and I can't tell you enough. And I tell people this, and I have advertisers who I've been with, who've been with us almost from the beginning that said, Linda, you gave me the best advice. And I listened to you. Content is what you need to focus on, period. I said, that's what we did. And I have advertisers who have stuck with it and stuck with us and they've been so happy with it. But The point is, we immediately turned to our members and said, hey, would you like to write an article? And that's how we started. And it's been a home run ever since.
1: Well, Linda, this is CRE Success, the podcast. And I want to ask you, put you on the spot, have a think about what is an attribute or a habit that you see in commercial real estate professionals because you've got 8,300 on your list. So you've certainly got access to seeing the way a lot of people operate. What is something that you see as being really important to succeed in the industry?
2: Calling people back. Good one. Believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's the most frustrating thing for me being the broker list because we get all the kickback. When people come to the site, now remember, we are open to the public. Anybody can come to the broker list and search properties, brokers, whatever they want. There's nothing hidden. It's all there. It's open to the public without them logging in or anything. The public is pretty savvy. When they call a broker and they don't get a call back, and then they call them again and they don't get a call back, they call us. It drives us crazy. And they call and say, you know, we looked up this broker. We found this property. We've been trying to reach this broker. That is my number one complaint. And they get frustrated. And I feel bad for them. And I try to help them. I say, okay, let me come up with this idea. How about this idea? Cause I know how the business works. And I'll say, you know what? This is a team listing. There's two other people on this listing. Let's give you their numbers. Or I see a marketing administrator here. Let's give you that number. Cause people don't understand that. They just go, I'm calling this one person. And it just happened to me yesterday. It was a team listing. The person was real frustrated. They couldn't get the person to call them back. I said, and this is the example. I said, there's two other brokers. Oh my God, thank you so much. Oh, we appreciate it. Oh my gosh. That's the number one complaint I have. What is your opinion of that?
1: Well, I think calling back is really important. And I think the idea that you can ascertain if you should call someone back based on the message is silly because people might say, oh, well, I don't need to call that person back because they don't have X. Well, the person who's calling you isn't going to tell you every bit of value that they can add to you. So I think it's really incumbent on us to call people back and you don't know where that conversation is going to lead. So I agree 100%. And I know I get frustrated when people don't call me back. So I think it's really good advice.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to have to say this. Okay. I'm going to change it to if you are a busy person and if you do not have the ability to call everybody back, which I totally understand because I'm just as busy as the next guy, set up a way where they can reach you other ways or have somebody, hire somebody to listen to your voicemails and return call. I don't want an excuse. Come up with something. The other thing, don't send out an email to a bunch of people on Friday afternoon and go out of town. I'm not kidding. Or do a promotion and not be ready to answer the calls if you have a new listing. Mm -hmm. If you have a new listing and you post it and it hits the street, have a system in place to take care of those calls. Because so many of them are just Again, I just saw the listing. It's a new listing. I'm trying to reach that broker. They're not answering or I can't get through. I've left them five voicemails. Have a system say, okay, I know I've done this. So I better ramp up my support. I better have an admin literally answering my cell phone or answering my voicemails or whatever you can do and do a better job or hire a service. What do they call them? VA, a virtual assistant or something. But don't ignore people.
1: Very, very good advice. Linda, what's the best way that people can find you and The Broker List?
2: We are The Broker List everywhere. No matter what platform you go to, if you type The Broker List, you will find us all one word, The Broker List. We also do a monthly call called the CRE Marketing Call Meetup. And once a month, the last Tuesday of the month, we talk about CRE marketing trends and best practices. And we also have a Twitter for CRE Marketing call. So just look that up as well.
1: Awesome. Well, Linda, it's been wonderful to have you with us on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on this episode of CRE Success, the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, Darren. I'm honored to be here and I'm so grateful. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward
0: slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak.
1: Thank you once again to Linda Day Harrison for joining us on this episode of CRE Success, the podcast. Love that advice about returning phone calls. How much better would it be if we just always got a callback when we called someone? Well, you can make sure that you make everyone that you deal with feel that validation by returning their calls as well. And of course, you never know what that callback is going to lead to. And I think that really feeds in well to prospecting because if we're consistent, we're persistent, we're proactive with our prospecting, it's going to lead to new opportunities. And I've put together a great resource called the A to Z of prospecting. And for every letter of the alphabet, I've got one little idea which can really help you get more fantastic leads into your pipeline, which can help you build your business and of course, produce better results. If you want to get your hand on that free resource, all you've got to do is go to CREsuccess.co forward slash ABC. Yeah. So it's the A to Z of prospecting. So I've just said ABC is the URL. So CRE forward slash ABC to get the A to Z of prospecting. I hope you go and enjoy that free resource from CRE success. And I also hope to see you on our next episode. Thanks so much for listening. And I will speak to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.
1: Now the world of work has changed, everyone's looking for new ways to add flexible working into their plans and portfolios. Hub Australia is the national expert in premium flexible workspaces that offer five-star hospitality service. Hub Australia is already partnering with leading developers, Brookfield, and Amalgamated Property Group to deliver the future of work for their tenants. Head to hubaustralia.com to learn more about Australia's leading flexible workspace experts.